0: Welcome to Naked Astronomy, a space science podcast from the Naked Scientists. This season, we're tackling the big questions from our very big universe. That means that each episode, I, Ben McAllister,
1: and I, Adam Murphy, will take a look at one of the biggest cosmic questions in the world of space science and astronomy today.
0: We'll break down the basics for you and then pull in an expert guest for a more in-depth chat.
1: Last month, we were looking at the power of the storms on the sun.
0: This month, we're looking at, as Douglas Adams might say, life, the universe, and everything.
1: We'll be looking at the search for an equation of everything, and the one branch of physics which may underpin it.
0: That would be string theory.
1: So how would a so-called God equation work, what would it look like, and what would it mean? This month we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by physicist and science communicator Michio Kaku.
0: Yes, we were very excited to speak to him. So uh, physics as a discipline is doing pretty well. We've explained a lot of things about the universe, but there is one very big problem at the heart of a lot of physics that we just don't have an answer to yet.
1: How do you unite the tiniest physics, quantum mechanics, with the biggest physics, general relativity?
0: Yeah, let's back up a minute. There are, as far as we know, four fundamental interactions that describe everything that happens in the universe. They're called the strong interaction, the weak interaction, electromagnetism, and gravity. Those first three we understand through what's called quantum mechanics, which is the theory of physics that describes things on very, very small length scales. For example, quantum mechanics tells us that photons, which are particles of light, are the tiniest particles involved in electromagnetism, and they mediate that interaction throughout the universe.
1: The strong and weak interactions have their own little particles that carry them along, also defined in the quantum picture of the universe. But gravity is described through a different theory, namely Einstein's theory of relativity, which looks at the big scale. And things get a little hinky when you try and combine the two.
0: A theory which would be able to combine these two radically different length scales and describe all of the interactions in the universe is often called a theory of everything. Now, when asking what a theory of everything might be, remember, we don't have one yet, it's probably worth asking why we need one in the first place. Why do we need a grand unified theory if an adequate disparate theory might do?
2: Well, first of all, all of biology, all the life we see around us, can eventually be reduced to chemistry. And chemistry, in turn, can be reduced to the laws of physics. And physics, in turn can be reduced down to relativity, that is the theory of the Big Bang and black holes, and also the quantum theory, the theory of the atom, which gives us transistors, lasers, and the internet. The whole ball of wax is to unify these two theories into a single theory, the God equation, an equation perhaps no more than one inch long that will (laughs) allow us to, quote, read the mind of God, Mm. Einstein spent the last 30 years of his life chasing after this grand unified theory. And we think that we are making breakthroughs in terms of achieving this one-inch equation.
0: Figuring out this equation would be a massive breakthrough in physics. We're talking instant Nobel Prize sort of thing. It's the kind of thing people can and have spent their lives reaching for. A lot of people think something like this is just so far out of our grasp and really just uh, wishful thinking.
1: The thing is though, it wouldn't be unheard of in physics. There's already something like this called the Schrodinger equation.
0: Yeah, and the Schrodinger equation doesn't quite describe everything, but with just this one small equation you can derive a huge amount of what we know about quantum mechanics. And most of what we know about electromagnetism comes from just a few
1: equations, Maxwell's equations. So we know we can write down very powerful things in just a few lines. So what would a theory of everything then look like? Well, you know,
2: I get a lot of emails from people that say, I got it, I got the theory of everything, and they make their proposal. So what is the criterion? If you're listening to this program, and you want to win a Nobel Prize in physics, and you want to go down as the next Einstein, what do you have to do? Well, the unified theory has to have three ingredients, just three. One, it has to contain... Einstein's theory, which is about an inch long. General relativity is about an inch long. Then you have to include the standard model, this horrible theory of subatomic particles. That's about uh, maybe 10 lines of a sheet of paper. So on a sheet of paper, you can write down Einstein's theory, the standard model. And if it's finite, which is the third criterion, that's it. If you can create a finite amalgamation, a finite mixture of Einstein's theory plus the standard model, that's it. That's it. You would go down as the next Einstein. Your name would be, would be mentioned by your great-great-great grandchildren as the great pioneer. That's all it takes. But you see, the greatest minds in science have tried to mill these two theories together and have failed until recently.
0: So, if you had this theory, this one-inch equation, you could begin to understand the universe at its most granular level. You could start to understand how everything comes together at a very, very fundamental scale.
1: Many scientists are asking, then, what physics needs to be applied to this situation, or even created out of whole cloth, that could lead to a theory of everything and answer the question, what is the universe made of?
2: Pythagoras, the great geometer, thought it was music. A lyre string had harmonics, notes that you could categorize using mathematics, the mathematics of octaves and melodies and thirds and fifths. He thought that was the paradigm for the universe. Well, it never went anywhere. However, 2000 years later, we think that maybe Pythagoras was onto something. Today we have something called string theory, in which case music is the language of the universe. The language of subatomic particles, the language of everything we we see around you. And to be frank, that's what I do for a living. I'm one one of the early pioneers in string theory. And we say maybe it's music, the language of the universe. So subatomic particles would be nothing but vibrations on a very, very tiny string. And then physics would be the harmonies of the string. Chemistry would be the melodies you can play on interacting strings. The universe would be a symphony of strings. And then the mind of God. The mind of God that Einstein chased after for so many decades would be cosmic music resonating through hyperspace. That would be the mind of God. String theory, then,
0: is one candidate or idea for explaining the entire universe on very small scales, and, therefore, a candidate to give us a theory of everything.
1: It is, however, quite a complex beast, not helped by dozens of different pop culture explanations built on top of it. Essentially, it says that all the things we know in the universe are actually made of little tiny strings, and the things we perceive as particles are different vibrations in these strings. Just as different vibrations of a violin string might give you an A or a D, Different vibrations of these little universal strings would appear to us as a proton or a neutron.
0: It strives to explain gravity as an aspect of these strings, because just as one mode of vibration on a string could be a photon, which is, you'll remember, the particle that mediates the electromagnetic interaction, a different vibration might give you the particle that mediates the gravitational force. So you could sort of link these two very disparate length scale theories together. You could link these large scale gravity theories with little quantum ones as both aspects of these same fundamental strings.
1: Still with us? We know it's weird. And while string theory might be pretty new and seem incredibly complex, according to Michio, the groundwork has been laid a lot earlier than you might
2: think. Well, it all began with Aristotle. Aristotle thought that uh, wind, uh, earth, fire, water, four ingredients is what the universe is made of. Democritus, on the other hand, said, no, 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 it's not that, it's atoms. A in Greek means cannot, tom means cut. So atom means that which you cannot cut, that is indestructible atoms. And then, as I mentioned, Pythagoras comes along, I can use mathematics. Mathematics to describe the notes on a vibrating string. And he went to a blacksmith shop and he saw the blacksmith pounding a piece of metal. The longer the metal, the lower the sound, the lower the note. And he said, aha, length corresponds to frequency. And so he developed a whole theory of of, um, mathematics of harmonics and music, which we still use today, by the way. Then the Roman Empire fell apart. And for for a thousand years, uh, science went into darkness until the coming of chemistry with Mendeleev beginning to create order among the elements of the world. And then finally, by smashing these atoms, we then get a picture of what atoms look like. Electrons circulating around protons and neutrons. But where do they come from? Every time you smash a proton, you come up with hundreds of subatomic particles. J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, once said in frustration, uh, the Nobel Prize in physics should go to the physicist who does not discover a new particle this year. (laughs) Well, how do we make sense of all these things? You know, many things have been proposed. Niels Bohr gave a talk at Columbia University in New York, where I am right now. And he listened to a talk by Professor Polly, his version of the unified field theory. And Niels Bohr was shaking his head and said, no, 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 that can't be right. So finally, Niels Bohr, the founder of the quantum theory, stood up and said, Mr. Pauly, we in the back are convinced that your theory is crazy. But what divides us in the back is whether or not your theory is crazy enough. In other words, all the easy (laughs) theories have been tried. All the easy theories have been shown to be wrong, wrong, wrong. The only theory which has survived to create the God equation is string theory. So
0: if you're thinking that all this stuff sounds completely crazy, at least you're in good company. And it gets a bit stranger. As we said earlier, according to string theory, everything is made up of tiny strings. And through the vibration of these strings, you get all the particles that we know around us. But these strings are tiny, much, much smaller than the smallest subatomic particles we know of today. So
2: how can we test it?
0: Is there any way to see these
2: strings? Well, you know, people often ask the question, can we see atoms? Can we see atoms? Uh And the answer is, well, not quite. You see, what do you mean by seeing? By Mm -hmm. seeing, you mean visible light, visible light. The visible light has a wavelength. The wavelength of visible light is larger than an atom. So you have to go to x-rays. With x-rays, you can then, quote, see atoms individually. So there are indirect, indirect ways in which you can, quote, see atoms. String theory is somewhat similar. String theory vibrates on a tiny, tiny scale called the Planck length. The Planck length is 10 to the minus 33 centimeters. That is really small. As a consequence, you cannot see it with visible light. Visible light is simply too big. Even gamma rays, even with gamma rays, you cannot see strings. So in other words, strings is the ultimate basis of reality itself. Therefore, how do you see it? You cannot see it with light. Light is, of course, a byproduct of the size of our retina. Okay, it's a byproduct of biology. So you cannot see strings. Sorry about that.
1: String theory is hardly a sure thing. It may be promising, but we're still lacking the hard experimental evidence. And while it might be the most well-known, it's not the only theory working to do what string theory is. There's theories like loop quantum gravity, which works to reconcile quantum mechanics and general relativity without needing to be a theory of everything.
0: And they all suffer from the same problem. Whilst the maths that describes the theory checks out, everyone's carried their ones and it's all been double and triple checked, the theories haven't been tested yet. And unfortunately, just because something works out really nicely mathematically, that doesn't make it correct physics. There's a lot of really elegant ways you can write down mathematical theories that just turn out not to be how the universe works.
1: So, when you're trying to prove string theory, what are you looking
2: for? So, we're looking for deviations. And that's where string theory and other theories come into play there's got to be a higher theory a theory beyond the standard model and that's why in some sense that's why we built this 10 billion dollar (laughs) machine this is the most expensive machine of of particle physics ever created and it was created to prove the, the correctness of the standard model and then to go beyond the standard model and what lies beyond the standard model we hope string theory there are other experiments that can prove the correctness of string theory or point in that direction. Gravity wave detectors have now been built on the earth. Uh, The Nobel prize was given to physicists who, who helped to build it. We're going to put them in outer space, outer space, space based gravity detectors that are about 3 million miles across. Think of a triangle where each vertex of the triangle is a satellite. Shooting laser beams over three million miles to the next, to the next satellite. The slightest vibration from the big bang, the slightest vibration from the instant of creation would be recorded by LISA laser interferometry space antenna. And this could give us baby pictures of the infant universe. Baby pictures of the infant universe a trillionth of a second after creation itself and maybe just maybe we'll have baby pictures of the infant universe emerging from the womb and maybe just maybe an umbilical cord (laughs) maybe we'll detect an umbilical cord connecting our infant universe to a parent universe this is called inflation theory it fits all the data and inflation theory of course is compatible with string theory so it means that we might be able to detect the presence of parallel universes, which of course is predicted by string theory. Our universe may not be the only game in town. If you have radiation after the instant of creation, you can then test it against string theory predictions and string theory of course goes before the big bang. It's a finite theory, it goes before the big bang. And you can then surmise which of the post big bang radiations are compatible with the pre-Big Bang radiation. You connect the dots. In that way, you can actually begin to determine what the pre-Big Bang universe might have been like. And we have theories about this called inflation. Inflation, of course, fits all the data so far. It is the leading theory of the Big Bang, but it doesn't tell you why it banged. It doesn't tell you what bang. It doesn't say anything about the bang itself. It just describes the bang after the instant of creation. That's where string theory comes in. String theory then takes inflation and takes you to the pre-Big Bang universe. For string theory to be the winner, we're looking for things that,
1: based on what we know, don't make sense, that don't quite fit physics as we understand it, but could be perfectly explained by string theory. Every time we see something like that, a little deviation from what is predicted by our current understanding, It would strengthen string theory.
0: And of course, there aren't any discoveries that actively discount string theory either. There is another thing that's probably required for string theory to work, and that's an idea called supersymmetry, which suggests that every particle has its own superpartner. Electrons would have selectrons. Top quarks would have stop quarks.
1: Atoms would have their superpartners. Bends.
0: Sure. Yeah. But all that aside, Michio says he already sees symmetry like this in a lot of places in our universe.
2: To a physicist, beauty is symmetry. And what is symmetry? Symmetry is such that if you have an equation or an object like a sphere and rotate it, you shuffle it around, it remains the same. Why is a kaleidoscope so beautiful? Because if you rotate it, you see that there's a symmetry. That is, it remains the same. That's why a snowflake, that's why a sphere, they are symmetrical and beautiful. Now, what about equations? The same thing with equations. If I take Einstein's equations of space and time and rotate it, rotate time into space and space into time, bingo! The equations remain the same. That's why Einstein's theory is based on symmetry. What is a symmetry? four-dimensional rotations in Lorentz space. Now, let's take a look at the quark model. The quark model, which is a model for the inside of the proton, has three quarks. If you rotate three quarks among themselves, the equations remain the same. It's symmetrical under something called SU3. Now, you mentioned electromagnetism, that has a symmetry called U1, and the weak force has a symmetry, SU2, so if you combine them, U1 cross SU2 cross SU3, bingo. What do you get? The standard model of particle physics, which fits all the data. In fact, it is frustrating because we see no deviation from the standard model. So why is the standard model uh, the standard model? Because that is a symmetry. The symmetry that you wrote particles into and the equations remain the same. Now, just two weeks ago, it hit the papers. We found a slight deviation in the standard model. People are jumping on this because people are saying, aha, now we're getting a glimpse, a glimpse of the post Large Hadron Collider era. We're getting a glimpse into a new law of physics. Hopefully, what will come out of that blip there in the newspaper two weeks ago, is supersymmetry, a new symmetry beyond the symmetry of the standard model. Again, the standard model has a symmetry U1 cross SU2 cross SU3, the theory of rotating quarks and light into each other, but it could be a new symmetry out there. We think that supersymmetry could be the ultimate symmetry of the universe. What does it rotate? It rotates the entire universe, into itself it is the biggest symmetry known to physics it encapsulates every single subatomic particle into one equation the god equation so why is the god equation so beautiful and compact because it has a symmetry a symmetry that resonates with the human mind and this is what we consider beautiful
0: supersymmetry then according to string theory could also lead to this grand unified theory but it's still a race to see which of the various candidate theories turns out to be the right one.
1: Why is string theory the thing that caught on then? Why is it the big one? Why is it the one we've heard everywhere in so many different movies and TV shows?
2: Well, yes, if you take a look at uh, the Big Bang Theory on television, uh, Sheldon, the great theoretical physicist on that program, works on string theory. And in some sense, if you don't work on string theory, you're missing the bandwagon. There is a bandwagon, for good or bad, there is a bandwagon. And if you don't work on it, in some sense, you're missing the boat. Because so many of the brightest minds, so many of the brightest minds in physics are jumping on this theory. Now, why? Well, (laughs) a cynic. A cynic would say it's because it's the only game in town.
1: Of course, these days, it does have to share the stage with competing theories. But it's someone that got in on the
0: ground floor, if you will, and it's someone that got into people's heads. It's certainly a compelling idea, and it's definitely captured Michio's imagination.
2: Well, personally, um, my parents were Buddhists. And in Buddhism, there's only nirvana. There was no beginning of the universe. However, as a child, I was raised as a Presbyterian, where the Judeo-Christian theory is that there was an origin to the universe. So I've had two contradictory points of view in my head. Either the universe had a beginning or it didn't. There's no ifs, ands or buts about this, one or the other. But you see the multiverse idea allows you to combine these two pictures together. Our universe had a beginning. Our universe did have a big bang that set everything into motion. But you see, what does it expand into? Children ask that question. If the universe expands, what does it expand into? If this theory is correct, then the quote mind of God is 11 dimensional hyperspace. That our bubble expands into a larger dimension, 11 dimensional hyperspace. And so we can now combine it with Buddhism. What is Nirvana? Nirvana, this timelessness into which the universe expands is 11 dimensional hyperspace. And that's what I work on professionally.
0: So whilst there might be a long road to go before we'll know if string theory is correct or what the God Equation might look like if it exists, it'll definitely be an interesting road.
1: That is it for this month's episode of Naked Astronomy. We hope you enjoyed it and maybe even learned something. And understand the universe a little more thoroughly. If you enjoyed yourself, please get in touch with us on social media at Naked Astronomy or at
0: Naked Scientists. Throw us a subscribe. Leave us a rating, review, comment, wherever you're listening. You can also get in touch with us by causing the fundamental strings of the universe to vibrate to the tune of your favorite song. And if you think you've got a big cosmic question you'd like to see us cover, send it our way. You can get me at benm at nakedscientist.com or at drbtmcallister on Twitter. Or me at adam at nakedscientists.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ben McAllister. I'm Adam Murphy. And keep watching the skies.